In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In love, God desires for you and for all his children to have a faithful priest. One who will love that which God loves in his heart and mind. Chiefly his people, his church, his vessels. This is God's desire that that you have a faithful priest, a, a faithful shepherd who will care for you, your body and soul in, in all things. And so God will stop at nothing to bring it about for your sake. When and where his people go neglected of his love and mercy, he will not stand by idly. He will waste no time. He acts decisively and lovingly to give you a faithful priest. Eli was a priest in our Old Testament reading today from 1 Samuel 3. He served God's temple in the city of Shiloh, along with his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Those sons, they had the job of handling the sacrifices that were made unto the Lord. And by extension, they also dealt with the sinners who brought those sacrifices faithfully year by year, who would leave their homes, journey to the temple, the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and make atonement for their sins by giving their offerings, these animal sacrifices, to the priests. But the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, they were worthless. And that's not my judgment. The scriptures call them precisely that. Hophni and Phinehas were worthless men. Because they mistreat the vessels of God's house, his holy vessels, and they selfishly steal the best parts of the sacrifices for themselves. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Before the fat was burned, they would say, Give meat for us to roast. And it better be raw meat, not boiled meat. Now, any Israelite would know that that was not kosher, not acceptable sacrificial practice. That's not what God had ordered to be done in his house. This was not reverent behavior. It was a selfish, self-centered change by the priests at Shiloh, a spin on the worship which God had instituted so that they could have the best parts for themselves. Why were these priests changing around God's orders? The people who were bringing the sacrifice, they're immediately put in this weird position. I mean, these priests, they're supposed to be God's holy servants. Surely they're not changing things around for their own benefit. And so you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. So the the people would, would sheepishly reply, we're told, please burn the fat first. And then you can have as much as you like. You can, you can take it all, have as much as you wish, but, but we have to burn the fat first. But Hophni and Phinehas, these, these worthless men, would reply, no, you must give it to us now. And if not, we will take it by force. See, these are not faithful priests. They're in it for their own selfish ambitions. They treat the holy things of God flippantly. They change the rules to suit their own bellies. Eli, their father, who's also a priest there, he keeps hearing about all his sons are doing, and all he can muster is to simply ask them a few softball questions. 
He even hears how they are laying with many women at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Rampant adultery. A flippant disregard for the temple and stealing the best portions of the sacrifices that were intended for Yahweh himself. And all Eli can do is say, hey, my sons, why do you, why do, you do these things? And then he allows them to continue serving as priests. It goes to show that when one treats the holy vessels of the Lord flippantly, when one abuses the house of God, when one treats what the Lord has given to us with contempt, it leads to then treating God's people the same way, flippantly abusing them with contempt. So God will not stand by when his people are being neglected or abused. He loves his people. He will provide a faithful priest for his people. So there comes a man of God to Eli and says to him, Thus says the Lord, I gave to the house of your father all my offerings by fire from the people of Israel. Why? Do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I have commanded and honor your sons above me? By fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people Israel, therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, Behold, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your father's house, and this will be a sign that your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, both of them shall die on the same day. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. The Lord will raise up a faithful priest for his people who will not act according to his own whims and longings, but who will act according to what is in the Lord's heart and in the Lord's mind. And he will be faithful to his word and his word alone no matter what man, him, or any other might say about it. And so the Lord destroys the wickedness that stands in his way of having a faithful priest for his people. Hophni and Phinehas, just as the Lord says, are struck down, both dying the same day when the Philistines come and capture the holy vessels of God, the Ark of the Covenant. And then wherever that Ark of the Covenant goes into Philistine, it inflicts tumors and death upon all who come near it. And so it gets moved from, from city to city. And, and every place it goes, there's more death. All wickedness of mankind is coming to an end. Even the wife of Phineas on the day of his death, she gives birth to a child and then she dies that very day. But before she dies, she names her child before breathing her last Ichabod, meaning the glory of the Lord has departed. Now, you don't have to be a wicked priest in an ancient temple to see it. You can just as easily today be a business owner, a teacher, a nurse, a lawyer, a male or female, and realize that whatever you are, to do that thing for your own selfish ambition your own gratification, your own sense of fulfillment, 
makes you worthless. Sinful. Wicked. When you chase after your own dreams for yourself, however great and holy you may think they might be, you will end up neglecting the holy vessels of the Lord's house and abusing his people by using them as a means to an end to bring about your own desires for yourself. A recent churchman put it this way. He writes, Where's my heart? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Yet I've never laid up even one single treasure for myself in heaven. They were all on earth. I wanted to be a writer, a poet, a professor of the highest caliber. I wanted to enjoy all kinds of pleasures of the intellect and of the senses, and in order to have these pleasures, I did not hesitate to place myself in situations which I knew would end in spiritual disaster, disregarding God's presence in my life, in his church, and upon his holy table. But rather, I set out every day on these pleasures for the gratification of my own ambitions, all in mere attempts to bring myself to a level demanded by my own internal self-idolatry. Do you not see the greatest danger to our souls are the treasures of this earth? Because when I write, I only am writing for myself and for the world so that it may honor me. And therefore, all that I write is rank with my passion, my selfishness and self-interest and sin from which it all sprang within me. The world is filled with wicked men, like Hophni and Phinehas, and you are no different than they. Even the shepherds of Israel, God's ordained priests, who are supposed to serve his people selflessly in purity with God's love and revere his holy name and word and deed and revere his holy vessels and his holy bride and his holy word were all just as wicked, worthless, selfish, just as twisted as the rest of mankind and treated God's house with contempt and abused God's people, even committing shameless acts of adultery within the very sacred places of God's holy presence. Therefore, the Lord acts decisively. Through the prophet Ezekiel, the Lord says, Shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed my sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep, my sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, you hear this word. I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand, and I will put a stop to their feeding. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, 
will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country, I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land, there they shall lie down and rest." And good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them rest, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. The Lord stops at nothing in order to give you a faithful priest, a good shepherd to care for you. And so because no man can faithfully administer these heavenly tasks, he, he himself, the Lord our God, took on our flesh and he sought you out like a shepherd who seeks out his lost sheep and he found you in the waters of your baptism, the death that he required of Hophni and Phinehas, all the wicked Philistines, and you, you yourself, and all mankind, he took it upon himself. Death comes for him, the Lord, the faithful one, the priest, who destroys wickedness and sin and selfish living by his wounds. And by his dying, your faithful priest atoned for your sins and your twisted ways of living, and now, risen from the dead, you have been given a great, faithful, ever-loving, and perfect high priest in Jesus, the Lamb of God, who shepherds you, cares for you, and loves you with all his heart and mind. And it's here in the safety of his holy bride, the church, he feeds you on the mountains of Israel. Here, he makes you rest from all the ways that you have strayed, all the ways that you have mistreated his name, his holy vessels, his holy house, and his people. He takes all of that away. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Your good shepherd, he is surely with you. And his rod and his staff, his bread and wine, his word and water, his law and gospel, all of his holy vessels are here to comfort you. Therefore rest, dearly loved child by God, knowing that because Jesus is your priest, who offered up the perfect sacrifice holding none of it back for himself, but giving it all freely up for you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.
Amen.